evening. Welcome to Mastering. Oh, what is it called? Mastering Mastering, Nexus or Mastering? Mastering Storm. <laughs> Take two. Yeah. Mastering Storm. Good evening. Welcome to Mastering the Storm, a Heroes of the Storm podcast on the Anchor.fm platform. I guess I'm your host, LDAP, LDAP TV, or Todd, whatever you want to call me. And I'm joined by Wenzel Tron or Eric. And I run a Heroes channel on YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. Um, we'll get to that later, though. Yep. And my claim to fame is that uh, I'm a Heroes of the Storm moderator on Reddit. And I do a couple community posts uh, throughout the week. On Mondays, I do the Heroes of the Storm podcast roundup on both Heroes Hearth and uh, uh, Reddit's Heroes of the Storm. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a hero discussion uh, for the Reddit community. Um, so that's my, you know, Heroes of the Storm theme. Mm-hmm. And then just to, for a little bit of background on myself, I am not a professional player or anything like that, but I just have fell in love with Heroes when it's back in early beta. And probably about a year or so ago, I was decided that I didn't see enough content about Heroes of the Storm and thought I'd throw myself into the mix and just try to teach as many people about the game as possible or just uh, have just more of a information flow for people to digest stuff about the game or what makes me interested about it because we always want to share what we love. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and so that's... And I, I came across your YouTube videos when you started mm-hmm. creating them. And then, you know, you know because there was not a lot of content out there, I started enjoying and giving you feedback and, and yep. engaging with you through Twitter and, uh, you know... Um, uh, through the the uh, YouTube comments. comments and such, and then you know you seem pretty friendly, but you know I kind of kept my distance. You know I'm not I'm not a stalker, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what's interesting is that I also when I you know what happened was I started listening to other Here's the Storm podcast because I'm in that scene. I'm learning and I'm trying to you know piece it together like what what's a good combination for a hero and how to play that hero, mm-hmm. and so I started getting you know, involved in the Reddit community, more so just as a lurker, you know, I wasn't... That's how I am. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't really making a lot of posts or comments or anything. But then, um, you know, what I did was last year, after I got uh, my MBA, I said, well, you know, I got some time. Maybe I'm going to put some time into Heroes of the Storm trying to learn that, you know, and see if I can apply some of the skills I (laughs) learned to get my master's degrees uh, (laughs) to learning Heroes of the Storm. Maybe there's a way to kind of remember all these skills. Yeah, remember all those like uh, the hero builds and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I started playing a lot of quick match, you know. So I think July of 2017 through December of 2017, I mastered all the heroes. So you know, basically, wow. You know, yeah, I mean, I would get them, you know, with the gold. I would just earn the gold stuff, and then, yeah. but then I started just playing them in quick match, you know, and you know, play them. You know, and I wasn't really successful with some of them, but I figured out the ones I was good at at least, and You're I right. got a familiarity with all the heroes at least. And I developed some friends along the way. Um, but it wasn't until like the season, the 2018 season that I got involved more in Reddit. And that was because there was kind of this whole, you know, what was it? The whole uh, matchmaking fiasco, let's call it, you know, where the seeding of uh, uh, the 2018 season one, there was a lot of problems with that seeding process. In addition, they were tr- putting in the um, Match- performance-based, uh, matchmaking. Yeah, performance-based matchmaking. Was... And so the Reddit community just was totally livid by the the lack of you know coordination and the quality of matches and such. So it became kind of a dumpster fire on Reddit for a while. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So then I just said, well, you know, 
I haven't seen these hero discussions that used to be up there. And is anyone interested? And it got a lot of response and said the mods reached out to me and said, hey, would you mind organizing the previous ones? And maybe, you know, I said, yeah, and I would volunteer to start doing them. And then lo and behold, a mod spot opened up around the time of, um, uh, what was it? Um, PAX East. Oh, wow. And so I applied, so I applied for the um, mod spot there. And, um, of course, during PAX East, there was a release of Deckard, and everyone was happy about that. But because Blizzard hadn't, there's been kind of radio silence about the whole matchmaking and league stuff, the you know, Reddit community got up in arms around that. So that was kind of like when I got my application accepted around the end, uh, just after um, uh, just after PAX East. Uh, and so I became a moderator on there. So trying to keep the, the duplicate posts and the, the complaint posts down, you know, that was my trial by fire. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's been about 100 days. So I've been a mod nice. for about 100 days. So you're about four months in or so. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've survived. You know, yeah, I think I I've mean... helped. Uh... <laughs> yes. So... And then, not to keep talking, but I started getting more involved in the podcasting. You know, yeah. Uh, listening. To, uh, I, I think that's a good point to segue. Is like, so why are we doing a heroes podcast, right? So it kind of goes along with the same lines of like. There's not a whole lot of heroes podcasts in themselves, and I think I could safe to say for both of us, we're both really into the podcast world in general at large. And yes. um, uh, we both like we both like learning, right? Yeah, we have in, an insatiable like quest to learn more things about just everything. And um, for for me, like I listened to a Jordan Peter, Peterson podcast recently. I think it was on uh, Joe Rogan, but basically what he said is. The spoken word now has the same power as the written word for the first time in a very long time. Um, you know, this probably goes back all the way to Socrates and, and the ancient Greeks, if you really think about it. And, and I think that's a really important point um, to bring forward. And, and I, I find myself being more and more a or, oral learner than ever before, where you can just kind of absorb stuff while doing just about anything else. Um, this kind of goes back to even Heroes of Storm. So if you... Even if you're not like actively watching the HCC and say you have the Twitch ads open and you have it so it plays in the background where you're not um, watching it, you can still pick up a lot of what's going on, and it's almost like a skill a skill building exercise. So that's just kind of part of what we're talking about. Um, yeah, I had a you know a, a professor and a, I guess an advisor and friend. At uh, one time, you know, I, I kind of I said you know I think visual learning is probably you know, because of television and, and PowerPoint and we're, we're becoming more visual learners. And he well, said, I, no. I think it's like hardwired kind of like yeah. we, we're, it's like tricking us into think that we are a visual, more visual than we need to be. Right. And he said, no, you believe it or not, your vision, you can be deceived more than with your hearing, hearing, you can pick up subtleties and that when you hear things, you can, it's a little bit more deeper of learning. So uh, you know, not that I know that that's a truest a truism or not, but I was like, they kind of changed my perspective. And 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 you know, I've tried writing. I've tried writing on Heroes Hearth, mm-hmm. and I do an okay job with my writing. But um, I'm not a writer. You know, I'm not like a professional writer. I'm I'm an you know, I'm just a guy. You know, just reads <laughs> and, you know. but I can definitely talk. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, I think so everybody I, can I, talk, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when I talk, you know, I mean, I can in, and hold a conversation. And I think sometimes when you're writing, it's coming very authoritarian. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm the source of this. Whereas when you talk, you can be more, more less formal, more more, more candid and uh, more authentic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think, and 
you know, when it comes to the Heroes of the Storm podcast, I think there's a you know there's a lot of podcasts that talk about news, right? You know, I think the yeah, latest like, patch or patch notes. You know. to what I like opinions on where hero levels stand. You know, kind of like meta built, like meta picks, whatever that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's certain like for lack of a better word, tropes, right? You know, right. The hero discussions and the and the news and you know, like um, some of them do interviews with personalities, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but there's, and they do break down the heroes, but they don't really, and, but they, I don't really think they talk about the actual process of learning. Like, you know, no, uh, I mean, that's the hardest yeah. thing to find about anything heroes related. Like yeah. the, the streamers are really good at it, but it's buried. There's not a lot of targeted information for yeah. specific stuff. And you kind of, you know, you got to sift through and there's really no 80, 20 analysis on, you know, what's the gist of a hero kind of. Right. And I think that's where you know you and I kind of agree that maybe we can add to that environment mm-hmm. and maybe the, and try to build a niche there, and leave the like you know talking about all, all the deep dives in the HTC. Yeah, the high or, level stuff, the yeah. the stuff that right. someone more mechanically skilled or credentialized <laughs> can handle for us, so to yeah. speak. I mean, like you know, some yeah, I like I mean, all the ones I kind of report on in the Weekly Hero podcast. I like and I listen to. You know, I, I ran into Sorkin in a in a silver uh, Hero League match. He's like, "Do you re- actually listen to all these podcasts?" I'm like, "I did my best to try to listen to them every week." You know, so and I and I support them on Patreon. Um, nice. I guess I got to start some, throwing you some money in Patreon now since you set up <laughs> Patreon. But um, you know, and but my personal goals in this whole thing is not to make money or anything like that, or nope. to solicit funds. I'm just I want to be a member of the community and you know express my you know my opinions and but more importantly create an environment that everyone wants to contribute and learn if they want to right you know, and I, th- so. I think that's kind of brings us to the community right now like so i think one of the biggest complaints of heroes of storm is that the community at large seems to have no understanding of the game mechanics either either on a macro level or a micro level right you know i, I think we before we got jumped into this the yeah the, the third most upvoted topic of today says the lack of basic game knowledge and hots is just mind-blowing like yeah that- and that's because the train <laughs> you know the tutorial really doesn't teach you about any of that stuff mm-hmm. you have to go to all these external sites to get that information and I well think and someone's not going to go to youtube 90 percent of the time if they're just a casual player right right and you know so and, and to learn like to play the meta heroes in hero league you know i remember like this is my first year playing hero league and i remember the first time i was in draft i'm like who the hell do i pick first you know i'm first pick and i'm like oh right uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to that um do yeah, we want so do we get okay. to transition to the the other main talking points like for the community here since we're I talking sure. on it so the you know better than i do about the bans and suspension wave that recently hit yeah, that was kind of a hot button topic this past week and the weekend. There's a lot of people who, um, for uh, they received, you know, what happened was back in May, um, back in April, May timeframe, the community, as part of the outre- uh, outrage to matchmaking, they also aired grievances about the quality of matches, people leaving the matches, and or just being, you know, rather toxic within the match themselves. And so Blizzard did have these monthly announcements of account suspensions. But they were asking for more uh, more action to be taken, and so Blizzard, you know, responded with by stepping up the um, the automated suspensions. It seems, and so they it appears based on what people are saying is that they're relying more now on the reporting within the game itself um, and performance based matchmaking to kind of determine if 
uh, people are meeting certain thresholds and then taking action on their accounts. Um, a lot of these posts that we get on Reddit, though, don't necessarily provide a ton of detail. Um, they speculate to some degree. Um, there was one person who kind of posted all of his, um, his actual uh, replay files, and then the, there was some response. Oh, wow. That's yeah, a lot. <laughs> but I think what happens is, is that it kind of like one post breeds like five other posts of the same mm-hmm. caliber. And so I think people are getting kind of sick of seeing the same I've been banned posts. I mean, mm-hmm. there's one thing to talk about the whole system itself, but then there's the I've been banned posts and then bandwagoning off of that. So the mods and I, we're, we're trying to figure out how to, you know, not be too authoritarian to allow these things to run their natural course. And we're hoping that Blizzard does address it. You know, they haven't really made any major other than to respond to certain one, certain posts with, uh, you know, they'll look into it and such. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where we're kind of at right now. I mean, if we see another massive amount of I've been banned or I've been suspended, we might start taking more action right. on those posts and saying, uh, let's calm them down for a week or so until let things, you know, kind of even out. I mean, it's good. To me, I don't know. Like, if, if you're banned, I don't think the first choice of course of action is to go to Reddit. Like, my first thought would be, like, I'm going to go to Blizzard and ask them why. Like, you know, if, if I don't feel like sending them a ticket, like, in an email form, I would go to Twitter and, like, you know, tweet at Blizzard CS. Just to... I think some people just don't know. You know, I mean, they, they don't know how to contact Blizzard or open the ticket. Um, it's not a really easy process. I mean, they just get this automated email. So I think that, you know, I, I, I think Blizzard could do a little bit better job of kind of providing the avenues for review and appeal. Right. You know, it seems yeah. like to most of them, they feel like it's a final decision. There's no, mm-hmm. they have no agency. They have no agency. In right. You know, yeah. That kind of makes so sense. Is, so this is why we go to, this is why we go to Reddit because Reddit's the megaphone, you know, for things, you know, all things about Reddit. Oh, uh, here's the storm. Mm-hmm. Or they go to the official forums. You know? Right. So the, the only I, thing I can add to that, just from like, other experience with games so just for reference uh probably league of legends is probably the only other moba i guess probably with that people most likely can consider like competitive with heroes uh from a player-based perspective and so what league of legends has done is I, you, you probably know a little bit that league was known to be very toxic and like negative and so when you get to that point what happened would be like like i played prior to heroes um i played i tried to like, get into league and it couldn't and just because mechanically skilled it was just too much to try and understand all at once but basically now they've changed it so that whenever you're doing something well you get like up there's like a choice of three upvotes in the game so it's like whether you not have like good shot calling or you were, you were tilt proof and chill or if you just enjoyed playing with that person so it's just like gg good game so you have those three choice of options for every hero that you, or every other player on your team, and you just pick one. And what ends up happening most of the time is it's almost always good feedback. Like there's no negative feedback, and there's no like arbitrary reward like Heroes has right now. And then you have the the other thing is that when you log into the game after playing for about a week, it'll give you like a percentage of like, oh hey, like 40% of players said they were fun to play with today. Here's a little like reward for being a not toxic player. And I think that's kind of goes a long way. Yeah, I think that you know, the whole accommodation, uh, some people, I, they, they they like incentives. And I think, you know, we're talking about behavior, right? So, right, yeah. You, you yeah, got to so, give the carrot and the stick. Right, <laughs> yeah, so behaviors are, you know, if you're looking for certain types of behaviors, you're trying 
yeah, you have to provide incentive, you know, and that's yeah. that's basically economics, right? Yeah, right. Um, and it sounds like to me, Blizzard would love to implement those things in their in their game, but you know, with the push for Battle for Azeroth, their engineering resources might be taxed on trying to get that. Yeah. You know, well, plus the, expansion them as a dev team are probably. I think remember what there's. I think they're like six months out or longer on most of their dev cycles. So like anything that's happening right now is all handled by their live design team, which we don't know anything about how big they are or anything like that, but I'm assuming they're just trying to be um, caught up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that they have a lot of things on their plate and they have to schedule the engineers. Mm-hmm. There's, so there's there's probably like the engineers who engineer the game, right? And yeah. but they're probably shared amongst different game platforms as well. And then, you know, and with Overwatch being a major platform as well, which has a lot of people. Um, so Heroes has to put in their, their engineering requests. And then, you know, they, they have to plan these things far in advance. So they can't be re- reactive. But I think they probably also try to reuse some of the approaches too. And we've just heard that Overwatch is getting two, they're getting a combination type system. They're getting a, a group, a better improved group finder system. And and there was one other thing um, I was on the tip of my tongue. I was about to say it. Oh, the if you were matched with someone you didn't like, you know that you can actually avoid them in future. Oh, matches. that's good. I think that's important. Yeah, I think so I think they need something like that similar, but the other way. So if you enjoyed playing with someone, yeah. Because um, right now, when you when you have a game, and you like, if say you for like, there's no recent players list in Heroes. Mm-hmm. So if you leave that team screen and you forget to like message someone that you like that was actually a good team player or something like in hero league you they just gone forever unless you get lucky and play with them again um yeah yeah i tend to uh well yeah yeah you're right i guess in hero league it doesn't really matter as much but it's always good to collect players that seem competent enough and you know if you ever want to make the leap into team league it's makes that whole experience less daunting or enjoyable yeah yeah, it's not it's not streamlined. You have to have you have to mm-hmm. do a few things to kind of right. Yeah, but, just a caveat, I guess, to that example. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so the next thing on the agenda here we have is the matchmaking AMA. So I guess in the most recent balance patch, which we're talking about, is that the quick match matchmaker broke. Right, we all. I think if you played any quick match, you probably witnessed it. So basically what it meant is that the rules they had set in place so that one team needs to support, or if you queue with the support team for a quick match, that means the other team gets a mirrored uh, comp at least. So there'll be at least one support on each team, or if you queue as a tank, there's at least one tank on each team. In um, the most recent patch, that rule was broken, and we spent, I think it was about a week, that we didn't have uh, fair matches, quote-unquote, and... Just in general, this is a really uh, rough topic yeah, to like, talk about. <laughs> it seems like every season they always have a small problem with that, especially within quick right. match. And um, so Blizzard, since um, April, has been holding AMAs at least once a month. Um, and they and, have them scheduled out until September, I believe. Yeah, so they, they scheduled these, these, these three in advance. Um, and it's been great to have these AMAs, to have this connection with Blizzard. Uh, I think it's important, re- too, just as a community perspective, because it makes it seem like... For, for just a community who has these issues, it's, they see the topic up there and like, oh, cool. So I'm going to wait until then and I'll send them to my message or my complaint at that point, which I think is really, really important. 
Yeah, and you know, as Reddit, you know, as the mods, we we take pride in the fact that they select our platform to do that. So it's awesome. Um, and we'd like to get a little bit involved if we can, you know, by asking our questions, you know. But it really is for the community. And, um, you know, the the outcomes have been positive, in my opinion. I've been pleased. You know, I mean, I'd like everything to be done yesterday, but you know, I've also <laughs> learned that you got to take, you know, like the third band, you know, just, you know like it was announced in like April, May timeframe, and we didn't get until all the way until July. And it just seemed like forever. But it came, and I'm, and I'm pleased with the third band. You know, I think it's making match diversity um, somewhat interesting now. You know, uh, it's more a little bit more strategic, especially in the early. Mm-hmm. Um, and and especially since I have that to compare to now, and I played a whole season with two bands. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, to like going fo- like I played a lot of the last few seasons. I, I I had a really big push before the Diablo rework and was able to get uh, pretty high platinum and almost pushed in a diamond. And playing with two bands, it felt okay. But it got toward the end of the end of this season, or even the beginning of the season. It just felt like there was too many viable heroes, you know. Like you ban one of the meta picks, and then you wind up losing it or whatever, and then you you get to the point, and it's just like, oh no, we left that one hero open, and then it was too late, right? Or it just just felt like too many bases to cover, because that's a lot of game knowledge to store, unless you're paying attention to to the meta outside of Heroes of the Storm, because there's really nothing you can click on and be like. What are the most popular heroes right now? You have to go to at least two or three other sites to kind of get opinions or statistical analysis of that. Yeah, I use the Hots Companion for the mobile phone. That's my my. Kind okay. of, I mean, I can I can go to Hots Logs and stuff, but I right, mean, yeah, it kind Hots of, Logs it provides like, yeah, but it, it provides like a, a nice little graphical search real quick mm-hmm. and it's responsive. Sometimes Hots Logs can take take time to click through things and stuff. Right. So. Yeah. And we'll have links to all these websites that we name, or even if we don't name it, we'll just have them up so that it just puts it more in the in the forefront for people because there's really not, uh, you know, it's not well documented what all the sites people use. So August is going to be a pretty big month. I mean, um, you know, it's shaped because we have Gamescom at the end. We know that we have the hero release coming next week. Um, we know that there's in that teaser trailer, there's something there's else coming. Hints. There's something else coming, whether it's Doomfist. Everyone's been saying Soldier, yeah, is what people have been saying. I don't know if it's Soldier. Maybe. I guess it kind of makes sense if you're going the G.I. Joe route. Yeah. I mean, so we know that there's going to be some, definitely some stuff. Um, But I think the focus on the uh, the matchmaking um, AMA is going to be discussing the the struggles they've had in minor regions um, with matchmaking and Hero League uh, type things, talking about how they're going to tweak the quick match uh algorithms to allow to make sure they're balanced comps yeah so that maybe even address good so that means basically they would instead of now right now it just matches tank for tank and healer for healer uh so the new matchmaker is supposed to be matching tank healer every game so i think that is just going to go a long way from learning the game as well so we can get into that too and they've been hinting at the group finder improvements and the role changes as well. So that might also play into this whole discussion. Maybe they'll give us some sneak peeks of, they've been pretty good about that sneak peeking, you know, and then within 90 days, a hundred days, been able to re- give us something in re- and to show for it. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. And I think the other, I think the other thing that's on the, the docket by the end of this season and beginning of next season is performance-based matchmaking to, I guess, replace the PRA uh, approach and uh, 
maybe make it so that it's not such a grind to go up here league rank yeah. ranks and such. Well, because I mean, so this kind of falls in line with like what kind of game is Heroes of the Storm, right? Because Heroes of the Storm, mm -hmm. at its core, is a team game. So when you play yes. solo, um, this is kind of getting to our our ranked slash Hero League discussion. Um, you could have like an amazing game, but at the end of the day. If your team isn't firing on on all cylinders as a group, it's not going to work in your favor, and it right. and it really kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth, because it's like, man, I, I like you know, you kind of look at your stats, you're like I only died twice, and we still lost the game, like you know, and that's kind of what can um, drive certain players away from the game that are coming from other mobas, because in other mobas you can really be that driving force to be that one hero that carries the entire game. You know, you get right. ahead or whatever, and then you just, you know, propel your team forward that much quicker. Where in Heroes, that really doesn't exist. Like, the in the best format it can is it's it was, like, maybe two heroes working together and firing on cylinders together that really propelled you forward. But... Uh, uh, There's was, three other people holding you back. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, if, like, some other person's being too aggressive and they're playing, like, some squishy assassin and they get blown up because the enemy tank is capitalizing on that, you're not going to get anywhere. Or... Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of like a ramble there, but no. But I mean, like you know, my experience in quick match from you know July till December, I would say there was always a match with someone on my team disconnecting, and I think that that goes to the quality of the game and the you know um, the, the commitment of the player, right? You know, mm -hmm. to have a working PC that would stay connected throughout the match. You know, I, I don't think everyone's like a, an IT person, so if they have problems <laughs> with networking or their computer's not optimized. Um, you know, they're going to drop. And those type of matches to me, you know, it just feels like Blizzard's done a, a good job of kind of abstracting it so you don't know if the other team's losing a player or not, but it still feels kind of disheartening to do your best and then have a person just drop out or just, you know, decide to run it down yeah. one well, and get and, toxic. And the bots to themselves, especially in, in Hero League, they don't, yeah. they just don't cut it. You know, when you have a one bot in your team, they just have no awareness of positioning at all. And depending on who it is, it, it I don't know. The, the just the bot uh, AI is not great for for many of the heroes. It just feels like a handicap, like a horrible yeah. handicap. All of the times when they do get the bot player and then we win because the bot player was better than the player that was actually dropping out. <laughs> so, so that's always a, that's always kind of makes me. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, especially in here, like it's frustrating mm -hmm. you know, because you know you're going to lose rank points, and there's been rumors of uh, matchmaking, you know, like uh, forgiveness or uh, things, and obviously performance based matchmaking mm -hmm. is designed to maybe also provide some uh, kind of compensation there. Yeah, uh, if you perform, even though you lose, you you're not going to lose as badly as the mm -hmm. person who just disconnected and pulled the cord on their internet or whatever. Yeah. So to make the uh, the distinction again from League of Legends, because it's going to be it's another MOBA, what they do. So if there's a hero that doesn't connect to the game within the first like minute or thirty seconds, it'll automatically remake your match. So that means no one loses any rating, and you just get kicked back to the um, matchmaker again. Mm -hmm. And so you just basically just says for, it's just it's just a remade game, and I think that's important to to have a function like that because it's just it's not fun to play a game you know even though it's twenty minutes it's still twenty minutes that you know you're gonna lose, yeah. <laughs> and it's just does it's just not fun and it's it takes no effort on the system side to just throw people back into the matchmaker, um, 
or you know if if the system gets good enough to know how much of the time that a real player was there and if it's below a certain threshold they should just not give you any negative you know rating yeah, for it and i guess the weekly topic that comes up on reddit is the the surrender button and why do mm -hmm. i lose 600 points when i disconnect from a match you know, it's like, yeah that happened to me one time i wasn't even i didn't even disconnected from the match i just was sitting in queue and then it like game crashed or something i forget what it was but then i came back and i had lost like half my rank i'm like what <laughs> i didn't even yeah, get into a game or anything yeah two weeks ago it was funny um my i i used razor products and i've been having a problem with the blue screening when i'm playing heroes because i i have i you know i hit my a button up quite a lot and i think there's a i use a little bit of some combinations and i think it was causing the system to blue screen now I'm, but what was funny was i was in a promotion match and my at the end of the match my system blue screened I uh, managed to get it to come back, got into the game, and I, we, I guess we won, and I got the points, and I got their new rank. I was like, I was expecting to lose 600 points. Wow, that, that would have like, been horrible, because you already won mm -hmm. the game. Yeah. <laughs> so that was good, so I felt good about that. I was like, Blizzard didn't punish me for that one, I guess. Yeah, so. Mm -hmm. so I guess... But yeah, good. Um, this this kind of goes toward where we were talking earlier about the... just the ladder system with like versus performance-based matchmaking and how it doesn't fit a MOBA... And then we can talk about, like, just dealing with anxiety of playing a higher stress um, game mode. Because yeah. there's something to wager. Yeah, I mean, the incentives to play Hero League are just experience, ex you know, a, a minor experience gain and extra gold, right? You know, and then if you or play not 10 a, matches. Not a barrier between, uh, what is it called? Like, having to pick a certain thing to complete daily quests. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so there's that incentive. So you're not, you know, playing a specialist when you, the team needs a, a mage or something like that. Um, but the, other than that, you, you know, and then the, 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 the uh, I'm sorry, the seasonal mount and uh, icon award, um, there's really no incentive to play other than you have to have the drive or grit to want to play, you know. And there was a, what was it? There was an extra credits YouTube video where they talked about, you know, hey, well, what's the what's the incentive to play um ranked modes you know and ladders because it just seems like it's a grind fest and i tend to agree you know i think you, you know it is a grind fest unless you develop your own set of like uh goals you know mm -hmm. and if you don't have your own set of goals you it, i think it does you can start leading into that you know getting tilted when things don't go your way you know absolutely and, yeah and so part of that you know part of my you know, exploration this year has been trying to set goals in Hero League, you know, when I play, and also putting in some practices as well. So um, I, I get upset, and I definitely will message people or say <laughs> things, you know, that, you know, I, you're probably the worst person I played with, you know. I try not to get to the point where I, I actually insult them, you know, to their, their race or creed or whatever like that. Right. But I definitely it's, I express my disappointment, you know. <laughs> well, uh, good. To me, it's not even like that. Like, it, it feels like, like I said before, where you could have, like, two deaths and all of a sudden your team loses or whatever. Like, you know, it's not any fault of your own, but it's just that the team itself wasn't working together. And, like, I don't know, people are really good, especially, like, blaming. Like, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance because people get their own opinions on what heroes are good or bad or whatnot. Like, you know, they could have a game where they go against a really good fill in the blank i don't know say artanis or something or 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 they play a game where they they picked a hero and they're like why would you ever play that hero um 
and then yeah. pe people are really quick to blame uh, someone else and they and they look at the stats menu and be like oh you you should be doing you know so much more damage than me whatever like you know but they're not factoring it like they just see it as a vacuum kind of thing like you you are x so you should be doing x if you just say for the easiest role to understand is damage um and I think people just have a really narrow view and they don't look at it from their own perspective. They want to place the blame on everyone else. And, and that's kind of where I kind of learn about this or like fall online because at the end of the day, Hero League isn't about the other four people in the game. It's about you because like you are saying, you want to set your own goals to succeed. And so the easiest way I see it is if I'm playing the game and you're trying to be better the first thing you can do is don't die because if you don't die that means you're on the table on, on the table more often and you can interact with the enemy team and try to do other things um correct and so i'm just to add to that when you have low hit points don't stay around or mana hearth back yeah <laughs> hearth back go back to the you know hearth because get it get safe hearth you're not providing any benefit sticking around and just especially with mana. Like if you're playing a mage, I see a lot of yeah. players who just throw out their abilities and they sit at like, you know, five, ten percent mana where they have maybe enough to use two abilities. Yeah. Like, you're not helping the team. If you have no blue bar, especially as a mage, you have you, your damage is zero. You're not gonna stand there and auto attack. Like you I, I just think that learning how to mana management is really important in the game. And knowing um this is kind of a higher level tactic, but understanding the idea of wave mechanics. So a lot of people get upset, especially in Hero League, when people say, You're, we're not soaking every lane. But the idea, the only way you ever lose experience from soaking minion waves is if they get killed by towers and there's no hero there to collect the experience. Right. So if you're playing well enough, you can be able to push your wave in, kill it one time, or the enemy wave, and then back and be there to catch it, maybe at your towers if the enemy hero is pushing in. But you don't ever want to leave a lane unattended to get pushed by a tower. That's where you right. fall into issues. And I don't. I think people don't have like a frame of reference of how much time they think they need to be there all the time. And that's just yeah. not true. An early part of the game is one wave is one hero kill. So, I mean, if you deny them Oh, wow, them that's a, a wave, really good way if, of putting it in perspective. Right. <laughs> and so... Like you said, you know, um, with regards to do people know the standard practices or the standard practices obvious, and they're not. You know, I mean, you have no, they're to, really not. You know, be around, right? You know, and so one of those practices is like you know soaking lanes. You know, uh, there's always the match always begins with five people in the middle, and then you know you break out, and then hopefully people go to their lanes. But then there's also this imaginary line in the map, right? And you shouldn't go. Yeah, the the, 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 the fifty percent line. On either right. side, right. That's another thing. Don't go beyond the fifty percent line. You mm -hmm. might, you're, unless you can push your um, wave in. Unless you're the tank too, right. or or if unless you have a you good can. reason to do it, like like a siege right. camp or something pushing in with you. So you should say to yourself, once I go beyond the fifty percent line, I'm 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 food for ganking. Mm -hmm. I can be rotated on. Or so, if there's vi no know, vision, like your team. Right. Um, that's another complaint I see a lot, especially in Hero League, is. Right. Um, Someone, you get ganked, right? And you say team with a question mark. Or you say no ping or something like that. Right. At the end of the day, you we all have a mini-map in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. And you need to have enough map awareness, or just game sense, really, to be able to look at that little icon there and be like, hey, I don't see, you know, like half the enemy team right now. 
I'm not going to, I can't be pushing forward, you know, because. Yeah. And that's like with the all clicking, you have to get in the habit now. That's one of the practices you can develop is all clicking. When you see someone that's like rotating away from you, you know, you can all click them and that becomes, they're not visible now. That should indicate that there's a potential gank, you know, Mm -hmm. and then ping the area that you think they're going to go ganking in. I mean, I, I think that sometimes there's the attitude that, Hey, if you're in your lane, you need to be aware of the map. And that's true. You should. You but should. there's also the, but the other, if you see someone leave your lane to rotate, you should also or say. Or your teammates. <laughs> I think there's a give and a take. And I think there's always this kind of uh, attitude towards, well, you should have been looking at your mini map. Right. Well, maybe I was pushing my lane in too much. You're or right. there's a fight then, going on in the enemy. Your, your team can't pay attention right. to everything. Because right, right. I definitely see that in myself as a, as a tank player. If if there's like something happening in front of me and I don't realize that someone left a different lane, I don't you know I just don't see it coming right, and I'm like, oops, right. I kind of tunnel, tunnel vision there, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, right. But what we were talking about is the attitudes, the yeah, the, mostly the it's, kind of it's playing for yourself, yeah. right? And I you know I wrote an article in here, so I, it was called "Do you have symbiotic attitude? Do you have a symbiotic attitude?" And um, a symbiotic attitude. You know, symbiosis is the codependency, you know, um, you know, being codependent on other people. But sometimes that leads to this kind of like, uh, you know, my way or the highway kind of thinking. Like, if you don't think the way I think, then we can't be friends. Oh, that, or that's super prevalent in, in, in Team League from drafting perspective. Right. And so if you have a symbiotic attitude, if you're not open to the experience, you're going to bring in that your your bias with you, and you might say GG at the beginning of a map or a draft. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I kind of like you know I kind of outlined it you know, the best I could. You know, I'm not you know uh, an expert on this, but you know, you know, I kind of broke broke it down that you know in relationships there's usually four sins that stop you from receiving the love and care from your partner and and it's you know being too judgmental being too critical uh, projecting your emotional states like you know and 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 not being receptive of how they interact with other people and having a symbiotic attitude this like you know we have to think the same or we we can't be together kind of thing Mm -hmm. and i think that you know in in a game like heroes you do need to have a symbiotic attitude towards certain things to be successful yeah but it can also be what causes the team to to fracture and not work together so you got to be you know maybe have to develop that level of flexibility yeah Ooh, that's actually really good because so like there's a lot of de facto rules that are kind of appearing in heroes of the storm now i think that's a good way of saying it like because the trickle effect from the professional scene in the heroes global championship and so now there's like certain things like on on maps what map or what lane becomes the solo lane isn't stated anywhere in, in the how the game is run um, and then, like, right. understanding when to get camps, right? That was never really something that right. the, the community at large didn't come up with. That, that's all been trickling down from the organized play. And I still run into this all the time where, like, an objective spawns and you start doing the camp because you have a 30-second timer before you need to be at the objective. And I've yeah. been flamed for it before where you're like, uh, X, why are you doing this camp right now? It's objective time. I'm like... Well, if you would have just came and helped me, we would have got the camp by now, had macro pressure in the top lane, so the enemy team would either have to choose and fight, or we get, you know, positive pressure in the top lane, or they send one one hero up top lane to go capitalize on that. And, and to have, you know, when you have that moment of hesitation, that screws up everything, because it just puts you behind. 
Yeah, I think it's where you have to is probably if you're playing the ranked modes, you you pick the heroes that you can get the camps, the Rhaegars, the Leoric, the thralls, you know, the thralls, yeah, that can you know, or Malthiel's, you mm-hmm. know, and and knowing you know this part of your hero that when the camp timings are and trying to do those is part mm-hmm. is part of your way of trying to carry the game, you know. Yeah, I mean that like understanding the macro game is probably the the, the single most effective way of carrying a game. Do you? Mm-hmm only problem i've run into with being the solo hero is that if your team doesn't understand how to execute as the four man you're basically just dead in the water because if they're getting picked off or they're not executing or just getting killed you just become you know you're just in your own lane and you can't get ahead and you can't be effective you know because they're feeding kills that's the only way yeah, so I've developed a practice, you know, usually before the match, I'll say, hey, I'm going to get to camp. I'm going to get them, you know, the small camp at this time. You know, I try to communicate it ahead of time so it's you know, people know what my my approach is. And obviously, if they're on voice comms, it makes it a thousand times easier. Oh, yeah, because you don't have to type everything and you waste time. <laughs> yeah, and like, we, I, I think there should be some ad- additional pings, like, I'm going to be late ping. You know? I, I really want there to be a missing ping. Like, like you said, the alt click is important, but I just... Yeah. I just don't think that the alt ping, like having the extra, like going up to there and click, like alt clicking something on the top bar can take away from too much. Where if you can just press the G key and drag and click, um, it's just so much faster, you know, so much more intuitive. Um, cause missing it is a really important feature when, when, when a game has a lot of, uh, fog of war, you know, where someone walks into a bush and there can be an entire team there and you're dead in a blink mm-hmm. of an eye. <laughs> don't face check. Yeah. yeah, don't face check. That's I, I'm going to say that forever. <laughs> so, with regards to pinging, I think like for the tanks, they need to ping the target they want everyone to oh, attack. Oh, yeah. I absolutely right? do that being a, a tank player. Um, this yeah. comes from learning Diablo, and this is the old Diablo where he could basically carry could a game. Zip across the map. Yeah, where he had the extended range on his yeah. shadow charge so that you could yeah. basically hit anyone and, and legitimately turns it into shadow charge because Diablo would come out of fog. And right. many of my friends would hate playing against Diablo because of that fact. And yeah. me as the Diablo player, I really didn't experience it. So I, you know, for me, I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> but like when 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 I would go in as Diablo, I would ping my alt, ping the hero I'm going into, and immediately initiate so that the the friendly team would have some idea of what my plan was without being able to obviously voice it because of comms. Right. I think that's important. So, yeah. So as a tank, pinging the hero that you want people to attack in the team fight very important. So everyone focuses. Like you know in in. What's it? Uh, World of Warcraft. You when you're doing instances, you put raid markers on shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. When something needs to die first, skull. Kill the skull yeah. first. The only, <laughs> is, the only thing that maybe that I wish they would allow you to do is put the uh, the spray. You know, right now when you spray, it's next to your character. I think. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Think it's just touch. it's just right underneath where you were. So if you're right. moving, it just drops it in whatever that pixel group it covers. I wish they would let you spray where you want the, the attack <laughs> occur. That, that would be kind of cool too. But the pinging the heroes is important i mean the ping system has gotten so much better too with new animations and stuff like that um and just more noticeable the other thing i think that they, they should let you do is select the number of times you ping because i'm 
I'm that bad guy. I'm the one going all ping, all ping, all ping. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's a lot of times where I spam retreat. Like, if I know someone, yeah. like, a gank is coming, I just spam yeah. it, and then all of a sudden it tells me I can't spam it anymore, so. Right. I wish <laughs> it, they would let you, like, configure, like, you know, only let you do it one per second, you know, so that way you're not annoying everyone on your team. Yeah. But, you know, Well, that's why they have the mute ping button, so it's part mm-hmm. of it. Uh, I think moving on from here, we're, we're kind of getting into to good transition point for Team League. So we set our own goals and stuff like that playing a hero league game but yeah. i mean the devs have stated many times that here's a storm is meant to be played with your friends uh, you know at least three people up to five people or duos i, I think duos is a really good way of learning the game better um and they're, they're, we're gonna br- probably start the argument of why there should be duo queue in the game again and personally speaking i think it wouldn't hurt um even if you know for whatever reason i think duo queue is just totally fine um but I just think, as for from a tier league, our team league perspective, sorry, is queuing as a three is it feels so much better because you are basically stacking the odds in your favor from a communications and coordination standpoint. Whereas when you queue as a two, you kind of just have to hope to God that your three man has a plan and you can fit into their plan. Um, yeah, and so like queuing as a three, the matchmaker is faster. Queuing as a group mm-hmm. of two, yeah, that's a little part of it. Slower. So you got to make. Then- I think about 300 seconds on average for a two man and about one hundred or so for three man. And then it's yeah. almost instantaneous for five man. Oh, really? It is. I, it's pretty quick. It's pretty quick yeah, depending yeah. on how, on your rank, the higher rank you are, obviously the longer it takes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, right now, because of my experience with hero league, I'm kind of okay with the solo queue. I mean, I, I maybe it's just because I'm on the journey, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, but I just, do with low, you've, you've set yourself good goals that make it more enjoyable. So d- for yeah. you, it doesn't matter whether or not you win or lose. It's more of like, I'm enjoying the process, right? And I think right. that's, I think, I mean, just from any sort of mastery standpoint, understanding the process of something and being under, like understanding the journey or enjoying the journey is more enjoyable than the net outcome of whatever thing you're, you're in. Yeah, so like the, the the best example I have is when playing World of Warcraft. You know, when WoW was first released, there was no group finders. So the way you got into groups, you know, to do instances, you had to spam uh, channels, right? Yeah, and um, using trade was, chats or... <laughs> right, and so there was this kind of anxiety of like trying to find strangers on your server to play with that would do the instance with you, not steal the gold, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I think that's where, that's where gold, that's or, where guilds or, became Or having a raid leader that would purple. steal loot and give it to his friends. Right. Well, that's even when you get bigger, yeah. But there was a there was kind of this kind of like I only want to play with my friends kind of approach. But when they introduced the group finder, then there was kind of this solo can I just queue as the healer and carry, you know, or the tank and okay. carry, you know. And I think that that brought a new level to the game where you're not relying on your friends to be good, you're relying on yourself to carry and perform your role and then of course it leads to when you get a you know a really bad assa- uh, assassin level class or whatever to play <laughs> them. But, you know there, there's kind of that you know I'm, i can carry this i can be the solo hero you mm-hmm. know like in legion you know when you have enough gear you can basically you know de- or, like as a healer or dps and, and or right now it's well not not as much now but some of the like leveling content right now for yeah if you're really geared dps you just face roll everything like a normal a normal dungeon it's just a joke they don't even need to, to have a tank. <laughs> so, so bringing that tangent all the way back to uh, Heroes of the Storm, to me, like I, I'm in that place because we have the group finder. 
I, I am interested in seeing how well I can develop as an individual with the barriers in place that three of those games are probably guaranteed losses. Three of those games are guaranteed wins. I got to mm-hmm. kind of, if I want to rank up, I got to win those four transient games out of 10, you know, uh, to kind of have that ranking. And then, so there is things that are going to, you have to adjust your play style. Now, not Paradox did something recently where he talked about this here causing you, holding you back. More importantly, he's saying, do you know how to take risks? And that's one of the things that might be a casualty of playing solo is you might take less risks. Whereas when you play team leagues, you might be willing to take more risks because you're you're with your friends. Because you're trusting the you other know, teammates to be right. performing on their role. And more importantly, they're not going to judge you, right? You know, right. They're not going to like not play with you ever again. Or anything like that. Right. So, I mean, there is that kind of like, or report you most likely. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which right now, if you take too many risks, yeah. you might get reported and then lose your account. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, the, the dual queue might, if the if Hero League is becoming it continues to be toxic, you know, and they have to suspend people, they might want to consider the I, dual queue. I just think dual um, queue is where the game thrives, because like, you know, I did a I I still try to do, but there's like duos of the storm is is it was like a micro channel I did or like series, and it's basically just thinking about the game and being like, what kind of heroes have ultimates that synergize together, you know, mm-hmm. and so. When you could have your friend, and or for me, it's like my brother who plays with me, and we, we just like try to think of like insane duos that can kind of just work together. And like yeah. from way back in the day, we were thinking like, okay, so who do we have? And we would do Leoric and Artanis, uh, Entomb and the Laser, and we would call mm-hmm. it the Death Star, and it was just fun. Like it was this quick match, you just go in, you're like, all right, ready, and then you just, <laughs> you know, you just let it rip and just see if it works. And it's just fun to try and like come up with those things and when you find one that's really good, like I guess the most frequently seen kind of like duo pairing right now with ultimates, um, what is like Diablo and the Salvo from Phoenix. Cause Diablo's yeah. alt lightning breath slows and Phoenix gets a damage steroid or amplification when he, uh, he damages slowed targets. So where's the Nazebo Chen, you know, the washing yeah. machine. Yeah. The washing machine <laughs> with uh, Sonya Chen <laughs> too. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, so, just fun. Yeah. It's just a fun part of the game to have, like, to be able to practice synergizing with, with teammates. Or, like, I'm not even saying, like, that's the ultimate examples, but, like, there's certain examples where you have, like, Taronda, right? You have right. you have ways of being able to stack stuns with a Taronda. Uh, like, Taronda Muradin has always been really strong. Yeah. Um, and just being able to look at that game from a, from a, from a non-singular level where you're able to combo with your friends or just teammates... It just right. adds a whole nother level to the game, and it and it gives you a larger skill of what you should be doing as either the, like a tank and as an engaging perspective, but also being able to work with your allies. Because if you're trying to you know play the game for yourself, if you're a damage dealer, and you like throw out all of your abilities, but then your tank goes in, you have no cooldowns to follow up, and you're not going to get a kill. And they could even turn the fight in the team's favor of the enemy team's favor if you're you're not you know looking for that or playing yeah. t- with the team yeah i'm kind of ambivalent to it i mean i i don't have any strong opinions because i didn't i didn't play your league during the dual queue days yeah but, i didn't play too much either but it was part yeah. of but i'm not opposed to it either you know like i said mm-hmm. i i mean i kind of like your league right now because i'm kind of in that you know can i can i improve and, and yeah get better but i do realize there's the limitations that we talked about you know the fact that there's a potential you're going to get matched with someone that's going to AFK or get toxic, you know, and, mm-hmm. 
that that affects you. One person, one bad person on your team can hold your progression up, you know, and, and also ruin your mood for the next however many games you decide right. to play. <laughs> so if you don't have a series of practices in place to kind of keep your mood elevated, um, yeah, you're right. You could, uh, you know, it could affect your performance in the next match because you're thinking about the previous match. And no matter how much meditation or, you know, it's, <laughs> it's there, right? You know, it's yeah. Like, and, you know, so, yeah, I mean, right now I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the, the future of performance-based matchmaking does add some um, uh, benefit. <laughs> yeah, but benefit to like the grinding of the year mm-hmm. league and not having to win a majority of your games. Um, but you know, we'll hear, you know, like I said, we'll hear in the next two weeks what the plans are. You know, I'm still motivated to play Hero League. I know some people, like some podcasters, have said, Yep, I'm giving up on Hero League in favor of Team League because it's just, you know, uh, you know, it's affecting my, you know, my enjoyment of the game. Was it Mewfair just? Uh, announced he's no longer to play Hero League or Heroes of the Storm on stream. So really, yeah, you know, wow. even like some of the you know like the MF Pally times and those guys, you they know, almost looking for, specifically play Quick Match or Team League, right? You know, to they're looking to diversify or get out of it because it's you know it does affect their moods. One of the things I one of the practices I've also started doing. Remember, like we talked about, you were talking about League of Legends has got this kind of um, role system. Uh, well, the role or system, the... yes, but the. Uh, the accommodations. Oh yeah. You know? So what I've been doing, and this was kind of a suggestion from Not Paradox as well, but um, wasn't overtly a suggestion. But after each match, I'm forcing myself, much like in a in a, any type of team game, to say GG to everyone individually, like whispers. I say. Oh, like, that's a good game. idea. That's like and, actual like real sports when you know at the end of an actual like re, like a high school type sporting event, aka like football mm-hmm. or something. You know, the exactly. inter- all the teams walk by and you know, high five each other and say good game. Yeah. But I actually say something like good game. You did a good job there. I really appreciated mm-hmm. that. And I, and I'm forcing myself to do that. And that's to diffuse my own toxicity, you know, my own. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, I just started doing that the last couple uh, days, you know, and that's make, and not paradox in his video says, well, the reason why this one guy, he called it like one of his stream guys uh, effect, but basically it makes you feel better, you know, by doing that. You know, it actually releases, I guess, mentally, you know, by saying something positive. Well, it's like relaxing actually, a knot. You know, you have a muscle that's yeah. knotted or something. And you, and you, mm. you you go out of your way to, you know, go that extra step. It kind of like lets yourself off the hook. Almost. Right. And, and more importantly, if you say something to the other team, like a game, you know, what happens is sometimes because you're in that league, you know, you're going to run into some of these people again. And if you were toxic mm-hmm. to them, they're going to remember you and they're going to just antagonize you. Um, but if you've been nice to them, they might just remember you. Oh, you're the nice guy. The one that said, hey, good game, even though we lost well, or whatever. And it creates maybe they might join the, the mm-hmm. voice. Comp, you know? And not only that, it kind of pays it forward, you know, because if that, someone. If you if you leave someone in a good mood, there's the odds that they're going to stay in a good mood and put put you know pay it forward. <laughs> 